At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, Incline listeners. Looking to start your own podcast? Let me tell you about Anchor. First of all, it's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Now, you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so you can have it heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast as well with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to The Incline, your Dodgers podcast for Dodgers talk, rumors, updates, and everything Dodgers. I'm Kevin Klein. I'm David Rosenthal. I'm Ian Nielsen. We're your host, and this podcast is powered by Dodgers Lowdown. And without further ado, it's let's ride. It's time for the words that are recited before each and every game here at Dodger Stadium. Take it away, Finn. It's time for Dodger Baseball. Welcome, everybody, to The Incline. Uh, I'm Ian Nielsen. You can follow me on Twitter at Ian E. Nielsen, I-A-N-E-N-I-E-L-S-O-N. As always, I'm joined by Kevin and David. How are you guys doing? What's up, man? How are you doing? How's it going, Do, Kevin? Doing well. Rams making moves. Yep, absolutely. Um, and today I would like to welcome a very special guest, a man who is very popular on Dodgers Twitter. You guys probably <laughs> all know who he is. Co-host of the Let Me Just Say podcast, Jesse Lamberton. Jesse, how you doing, man? Uh, good fellas thanks for having me on i appreciate that love um i don't know if i'd call it popular or like maybe like possibly the most hated but one of the one of the <laughs> two i'll take either certainly, certainly not i could think of a lot more uh, a lot more most hated but um <laughs> you're probably you know, right with with not a lot of baseball going on obviously um no games currently going on in action that isn't mlb the show uh, we actually do have some interesting news that we'll be getting to pretty soon. Um, but the first thing I'd like to bring up, and I'd just like to get all your guys' say on it, is what now for the Dodgers? Like, if there's no season, you know, we've traded for Mookie Betts. We've given up Alex Verdugo. We've given up Jeter Downs. We've given up some talent. Um, and there's still no guarantee. I mean, the Dodgers have still yet to sign any player in the Friedman era to a massive contract. So kind of what now for the Dodgers if there's no season? I'll let you guys take it away. Oh, I mean, I can, I can go first. I, I, I'm really wondering with contracts, 
in general are going to take a hit from from this like do we see uh continued mega contracts like to the extent that they've gone over these last probably what three or four years really um i mean maybe starting with like stanton i think was like that i can think of off the top of my head was like the first major one but i'm wondering like does this readjust like um you know gms and owners thought process in terms of signing those major i mean someone's still gonna get paid a ton of money but uh I, I don't know like i'm hoping that friedman sees that like i mean mookie bets is I, I think this is the time where we finally you know open up the checkbook and and make a move i know they haven't done it you know in years but and i been on board and i'm team like i'm fine we skipped out on a lot of those contracts like hindsight's always 2020 and in the moment i was probably like yo let's sign bryce harper but i'm kind of glad that they made those decisions so but at this point i i really hope that we retain mookie and you know maybe make another couple moves i don't like is jt's contract up for 2021 or 2020 like is it 2020 it is next year yeah after the season all right so i don't know man i I really hope that that we kind of um that they make some moves and and spend a little bit of money and and get them to stay but if they don't like i'm team andrew so i'm never going to be one of those guys who bashes them because they obviously are more knowledgeable in this than i am you know i'm just a casual fan with a little bit of baseball knowledge so we'll see but i I hope we open the pocketbooks and and make something happen so yeah no you i mean you raise a good point with uh you know a possible moving of the needle in terms of uh you know amount of contracts you know dollar value wise uh because mlb gets i think it's over a third of their revenue just from ticket sales uh so obviously the teams are going to take a hit there but you know frankly the way Friedman talked about bets at that presser, uh, you know, he said he's never, you know, fell in love with a, with a player like this before. Uh, and frankly, I just don't see another team signing him. Uh, just, to, just to give everyone out there, like, some numbers. So the Dodgers are going to have a lot of guys coming off the books in 2020. Bets, obviously, and I'll give their base salaries uh, to go along with it. So Bets is $27 million, Turner's $20, uh, Jock is $7.7, Kike $5.9, trying in 10 and then you got Baez, Wood and Nelson for about 4 or 2 million each. Uh and in terms of total money committed for 2021, it's only 121 million dollars committed compared to the 218 million they're paying out this year. Uh and that only gets lower in 2022, it's only 54 million committed and 2023 is only 23 million committed. So the Dodgers are in the driver's seat. Uh Bet said he loved, you know, he the Dodgers felt like home. Uh, I just don't see them not offering him a giant contract. If the, if the, the contract they offered Garrett Cole is, is true and it was 300 million, there's no, there's simply no way they don't offer bets the same, especially forking mm-hmm. over, you know, Verdugo and downs and, and Wong uh, to the Red Sox for essentially nothing. If there's no season, I mean, that's just bad optics. They have the money to do it. And I can't name a team who, who can match it. The Yankees certainly won't. And they're the only other team who would, who would consider doing it after the Phillies signed Harper Padres Machado. Uh, you know, it's, it's, I just don't see any competition. Well, let me just say real quick <laughs> at, at more Dodger blues, you're kind of the king of Dodgers Twitter, in my opinion. And your original Twitter account was wrongfully taken down. So that really sucks. I'm yeah. sorry that happened. Oh, yeah, that's right. I appreciate that. But 
you know, looking ahead at the 2021 free agent class, it's really not that deep. Like the top guys I see are JT Real Muto, Marcus Simeon, Trevor mm-hmm. Bauer, George Springer. So with what David mentioned, the amount of free cap the Dodgers are going to have, there's almost no excuse to bring back Mookie Betts unless he's wanting some outrageous 13 or 14 year deal. So I'm not too worried if the season is canceled. I think the Dodgers can bring back most of the guys. We might lose like a Jock Peterson along the way. But I was really happy with this roster entering what I thought would be the 2020 season. So if they can just bring that back, I'm not going to be nervous. Yeah, and and one more thing. One more thing. They're not going to have to pay Bellinger, Muncie till 2024. Bueller's not a free agent till 2025. The only guy that they would have to pay would be Corey Seager in 2022. Um, So they have time. Everything's lined up for them to pay bets. Everything. Yeah, and I totally agree. And it's funny to me that that's what, like, people on Twitter are obviously giving us a lot of crap. Like, that's their – their slander right now is like, oh, we guys wasted Mookie and, and you know, you, he's not even going to be in a Dodgers uniform. And like, like you said, there's realistically what two, maybe three teams with the cash flow to even make this happen. So, right. I mean, it, it, there's so many intangibles that he brings to the table. Like, it's not like, you know, like the Bryce Harper thing, like, whatever. He's a great player, but I mean, Mookie is just, a whole nother level of just even in personality wise. I mean, Bryce obviously has his issues with everyone kind of thinks he's a jerk or whatever. And, but you don't have that with like Mookie Betts. He's very marketable. And I mean, Bryce is, I guess somewhat, but I mean, just the Mookie smile alone, you know, uh, it's just seeing that in highlight clips for years to come is something that I think the Dodgers as a whole, an organization are like, yeah, this is, this is probably a guy that we give a lot of money to, you know what I'm saying? So. Exactly. And I, I agree completely. Again, I just can't see a team that, that would pay him right now. Everyone who was looking to pay someone paid someone already. Yep. It, and not only that, not only that, when, when you think about what's happened and the ramifications of the fallout from COVID-19, th- this is, you know, saying that the Dodgers don't have a season in this hypothetical. Um, if there's no season, there's a lot of teams that are not, not going to be making any revenue. And there's a lot of teams that, are going to be simply incapable to pay any top-level free agent. Mm -hmm. So this brings up a very interesting thing. What I wouldn't be surprised to see um, is Mookie Betts maybe saying, look, I believe in myself enough. I'm only going to be, what, 28 next season after this year if we have a baseball season. He might say, I'll take my risk and sign a one-year contract with the Dodgers again and uh, try for free agency in a year where everybody's able to make revenue. Because as it stands right now – you know, it really doesn't go into the luxury tax uh, threshold at all. But, I mean, at the end of the day, if if there's not even games being played on TV, you're not going to get the revenue from not only ticket sales and people buying anything at the park. You're not going to be making money from television. And most teams in the league will not be able to pay a lot of free agents. So I think this will be a very weird year for free agency um, that a lot of people are forgetting that aspect um, of revenue. Yep. I mean, seemingly. I mean, the MLB basically told – teams you can furlough your non-playing your non-playing athletes so if mlb is saying that we know that there's definitely going to be a lot of teams really struggling to bring in money um to sustain um any sort of a team and pay big num- big name free agents yeah I, I like the the one year you know possibility i 
still, you know, if someone offers him, if the Dodgers just transfer that Garrett Cole contract, 10 years, 300 million, I would have a hard time seeing him decline it if there's no other suitors. But I also wouldn't be surprised if they offered him, if he wanted to sign a one-year deal and they offered him one year, you know, 40 million. They can do it. They're they're certainly capable. And with Kershaw coming off the books um, after next season, we don't, we really don't know where that's going to lead. Um, a lot of people would love to see Kershaw stay a Dodger forever, but you know they've already, they're they're certainly not in the position to be giving him thirty one million dollars again uh, with so many talented young guys on the roster now ready to get paid. Right, now, it shift gears a little bit. Oh, sorry, and there's no Scott Boris involved in this time, <laughs> so that's always yeah. a plus. And that, yeah, like you said, uh, you know Turner, I don't see Turner leaving, and I don't see him asking for twenty million again. That dude wants to win more than anyone on the entire roster. Uh, if it means, if he means, you know, if it means he takes fifteen million or, or you know, two-year, thirty-million-dollar deal, so they can sign bets, you know, that dude is going to do that. Yeah, he's so implanted in our organization, and is like, uh, you know, when you see any type of charitable stuff going on with the Dodgers, you know, he's kind of always out there as one of the faces of it so i think turner's a lifetime dodger at this point from going forward in my opinion well at least as long as we're willing to offer him you know a contract i think yeah right like he he's not going to be out here saying you know i want all this money and you got to make moves to fit me in rather than me fit with you you know so yeah that that that'll be an easy negotiation in my opinion yep yeah. The the guys that the the one I really see being an odd man out, and I see two of them are uh, Jock Peterson and Kike. Mm-hmm. Um, I, the Dodgers, you know, I mean, they 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 made the mistake to pay AJ Pollock. We we can look back now and say it was kind of a un, unnecessary contract now in hindsight. Um, but they were ready to trade Peterson to the Angels. Uh, they were not going to be getting much of a re- return back for him. Um, I, I would if I were to venture to say that he will be the odd man out, and Kike Hernandez is one of the best utility players in baseball and he would be more than capable of an everyday second baseman shortstop infielder outfielder on another team maybe a smaller market team that uh, is looking for a guy that can smash against lefties yeah Yeah, i completely agree agree with you there all right so to shift gears a little bit um the big baseball story right now is kind of feeding off one that came about right at the conclusion of the world series as we all know, the Houston Astros cheated the LA Dodgers out of a 2017 World Series, and they cheated not only the Dodgers, but basically every other team in Major League Baseball that year. The newest team that has been penalized is the Boston Red Sox. On Wednesday afternoon, Rob Manfred and Major League Baseball concluded their investigation with the Boston Red Sox. And while they didn't find quite the elusive scheme that the Houston Astros had, um, the Boston Red Sox were still found using the video replay room. And I guess it was smart watches at one point. And I think in the 2018 season, they were relaying the signs when guys were on second base. So either way, they were still manipulating outcomes. They were still um, cheating the game and using electronics and technology um, to gain an advantage and gain an edge. I've already, you guys all know my opinion on this, um, so I could go last on this, but I would love to hear, um, first, Jesse, what do you, what do you, what's your take on this whole Boston Red Sox scandal and just the whole electronic cheating scandal that's been kind of run through the MLB offseason? It's been the main story. Yeah, so, I, I mean, this is becoming a dead horse, beating a dead horse to me, obviously. Um, we're hearing a ton about it for the last couple of months, and, you know, I, I kind of led a charge on, 
giving Astros fans and, and their organization a lot of crap uh, over the last couple of months for it because of just basically how they handled the whole situation in terms of like taking it to another level. So I'm obviously upset by the 2018 World Series and what transpired and how we lost and how they gained that advantage and, and used uh, the replay room to to essentially beat us. But it, I'm it, ne- it doesn't hurt as much as 2017 because we all know like that 2018 team kind of shouldn't even really maybe have been in, in the World Series. It was a great team, but ultimately, I think even without the replay room uh, nonsense, we probably still lose a seven-game series to that team just because they were just on a roll. I mean, guys were hitting lights out. Maybe they don't do that. You know, maybe, you know, they don't have a World Series MVP who has like a 1,000 home runs in the World Series um, if they're not kind of given signs. But I'm almost okay with like – the second base thing makes it a little bit easier to swallow because they just weren't blatantly like banging trash cans or, you know, they just, I think I'm desensitized to the Red Sox cheating scandal because the Astros was so like outlandish and crazy. Like, it's like, they just didn't give a crap. They just went, it was just like, you know, a wild, you know, they just went above and beyond to, to do it. So, and I mean, obviously we have to look through it with, you know, the Mookie, and David Price on the team like situation. So I'm still upset that we got cheated out of two world series back to back, but it was just a little bit easier to swallow the Red Sox news because it wasn't too far off of what you can kind of think happens on a day-to-day basis in terms of like trying to gain that advantage um, from baseball perspective. I mean, you know, they've been relaying science to second base for ever, as long as baseball has been happening. It's just, they just kind of use their technology to their advantage. So it sucks. I hate it. I don't hate it as much as the Astros because I feel like the Astros were so cocky about it. Um, but it's, it's just, I'm at the end of my rope to be perfectly honest with all this stuff. And I kind of just wish baseball started because by now I think we just, it would be back burner, at least for the most part back burner. I mean, obviously teams would still be getting or booing the Astros or fans, but I don't know. I'm just, I just want to see some actual baseball and stop talking about all this nonsense. Perfectly honest. Yeah. No, I mean, I can definitely see that point of view. What, uh, what say you, David and Kevin? Yeah. Well, since we already saw the light punishment that the Astros got, I wasn't holding my breath for anything worse on the Red Sox. So it was really no surprise that the coward Rob Manfred did the bare minimum and did a little slap on the wrist, basically rewarding cheaters it looks like so I don't know what fans were really expecting losing a second round pick I mean could hurt them in a shorter draft but it is what it is you just have to move on ignore their fans online let them gloat all about their cheating team and the Dodgers they just have to prove themselves moving forward whenever we get baseball back yeah I mean I agree nothing comes close to what the Astros did for me uh, I didn't even really care about this this at all. Uh, it is worth noting that the Yankees lost more draft picks for signing Garrett Cole than the Red Sox did for cheating. Um, but, you know, you guys all said it. Rob Manfred's basically a coward just trying to sweep this under the rug. Uh, and we just need baseball back so we can be done with these all this cheating and all this nonsense. Because, uh, you know, the only thing that's going to make any of this better is if the Dodgers actually win a World Series. Uh, and you can't do that if they're not playing baseball. So we just need that to happen. 
Yeah, baseball in any way will will definitely uh, be able to cloud over all this news. I mean, people are certainly the Red Sox news certainly grasping for coverage at this point. Um, again, to the point that you guys made, uh, so desensitized by not only the Astros but their very, very, um, to put it lightly, passion loud fan base on Twitter. Um, that was certainly even just another layer of irritating on top of the scandal. But the Red Sox, I, I'm not even as focused on Boston in this situation. My focus more is just on the failure of Rob Manfred as a commissioner. Um, no commissioner I can ever think of in professional sports has dealt with something on this level with multiple teams, with technology. Certainly technology wasn't an issue back in the 70s or anything, but uh, my issue is more just with Mar- Rob Manfred. It's like, you know, you were told by the Red Sox with the smartwatch thing in 2017 that this was done. And I don't know, it just comes off kind of as not really caring. And in a weird way, this almost creates what had there been a season, this would have been must see TV when the Houston Astros were on. I mean, people are going to be throwing at him, booing him. I mean, the MLB created a villain. So in a weird way, it makes you wonder if major league baseball sort of wanted this to happen because I mean, when was the last time you can remember ESPN talking about baseball in February? Never. Yep. And I think, I think, uh, I think Manfred kind of was alarmed by what he found almost, I think maybe with the Astros and was like, that's why the Red Sox investigation took so long. And, and I think he probably dialed it back, but a little bit in terms of like, Hey, we got to clean this up because there was a lot of negative press, but I do agree. It, the negative press almost, garnered more attention for the MLB than we've seen in in years so you guys are all right like Manfred just it's basically like he just fumbled big time you know in all regards and it's we just need him gone to be perfectly honest we need somebody with a spine in there I mean Manfred's been doing shady stuff I don't know if you guys have ever seen the the um Rod uh, a rod documentary where they like replaced all the actors with like little kids and it was all about the um the steroid scandal but i mean he manfred was behind dudes going and meeting in like shady uh restaurants with bags of cash trying to buy information to bury a rod you know so and that's wow. that's who our commissioner is and if you get a chance i can't remember i i can't remember the name of documentary but it was on netflix and i mean if you just google it it'll come up but it's there's literally stories of him sending dudes with like 15k in cash to meet these guys and try and buy the information that uh, they had on a rod. So that's who we're dealing with as a commissioner of our favorite sports. It's a mess. Yeah. Not surprised. I mean, in any multi-billion dollar industry, there's certainly bound to be any level of corruption at that level. But yeah, I mean, we're kind of just used to that at this point. So the only thing you can do to, to save any kind of face is just make this season happen in some capacity. Yep. That's literally Absolutely. the only thing. Absolutely. Um, right. So on that on that note, um, we want a season to happen. We're certainly looking at all possible options. Um, Major League Baseball has announced a few different things. Um, fans not being in the stands would be one of them. That's probably the biggest component, that this will probably be, in all likelihood, a spectatorless season with limited travel, of course, because – let's just be real. You can't have teams traveling to New York right now. You can't have teams traveling to, you know, hot spots in the country. We don't know what the virus could, you know, erupt at any city, any major city. And you certainly don't want players traveling there. Um, so with that being said, um, MLB certainly is walking a tightrope right now, trying to figure out 
how to make baseball happen in 2020 in a shortened season, most likely probably extended in November if necessary. And aside from that, they're also kind of walking a bit of a tightrope with the players union because a lot of players, big name players, Adam Wainwright, Clayton Kershaw, Mike Trout have all come out publicly criticizing the Arizona Florida type plan where players would simply be quarantined for four to five months through the duration of the regular season they don't want to be away from their families. They don't want to be in quarantine like that. So with all that being said, and of course the MLBPA has to come to an agreement with MLB for a season, what are some ideas or maybe hopes we have of how we could start this season up? Jesse, I'll let you take it first. Um, this is a tough one and I don't really know what they're going to do to be perfectly honest. I mean, I'm, I understand fully what those big names are like. I, I didn't know the other guys had said that I had really only heard Kershaw say like he wasn't really willing to be locked up for four or five months away from his family, which I kind of expect from him. Um, I mean, that's just kind of his personality in terms of like, he's a big family man. So, uh, and I mean, boy, we're forgetting like it's a, it is not fun to be playing baseball outdoors in Arizona in the yeah. middle of August. You know, it's going to be, um, that's going to be kind of tough to do in terms of like, I mean, you got to keep these players hydrated They're We're asking them to possibly play double headers in this heat. Um, you know, I, I really don't have any good answers. I, I mean, other than selfishly, I want to see those plans work. I guess if that's what they're talking about doing, that's the best possible plan. I assume like, you know, the people who are getting paid a lot of money right now to try and figure this whole thing out. If this is the plan that they're coming up with, it's really probably the best plan to get baseball played. Um, but I just don't know if it's foolproof. Um, and I mean, you know, I kind of listened to Kershaw on the, um, on the, uh, big swing podcast or whatever. Um, uh, what's his name's podcast. I'm, Stripling. Yeah. Stripling's podcast. Um, and he was like, even, I mean, for hitters, it's okay playing with no crowd. Like you're not really, uh, using the crowd as any type of, you know, to get you pumped up. But he's like, Kershaw's like, man, I, I depend on the crowd to take my, you know, my 90 mile an hour fastball to 93 if I can because of the adrenaline. So that's even interesting in terms of like nobody in the stands. How do you really get pumped up um, to get that little bit of extra juice? Um, so, I mean, he's even concerned about thinking about that, uh, which was interesting to me. I didn't really think of it that way. Uh, you know, hitter wise, you know, that's probably better off for a guy to be able to focus in without, you know, 50,000 people screaming. But um, I don't know, man, I, I hope we can make something happen. I guess Arizona, Florida, the, the spring training sites really sounds like the only potential idea that works for me. I mean, but yep. I don't know what you guys got. Yeah. Those are some good, good points you made. Well, yeah. You know, some good points you made. Um, what I was going to say, I'm just kind of been going with the flow on this whole thing. I just want baseball to start. I don't really yep. care how it happens, but maybe since all the players, those guys, they got to be away from their chicks. They're going to build up a lot of sexual tension and maybe that's <laughs> the edge that'll put the Dodgers over the top. Yeah. Dude, if that, well, if that, if that's what it takes for the Dodgers to win, I, seriously. Well, <laughs> okay, takes, here's, here's, I don't think it's going to happen if they don't let their families come with them. So no I was just brainstorming, um, and, you know, I was thinking if they're going to do this Arizona-Florida thing, the MLB is a billion-dollar industry. Why don't they just rent each team, have one ho- whole hotel? Absolutely. And let their families absolutely. come, 
let no one else in that hotel. Just have that hotel be the quarantine hotel for each team uh, and just and just go from there. Uh, it was said that what came out was only like 1% of all the options they're exploring. So right. I, what I am tired of is everyone online who thinks they're some medical expert who are like, nope, sports are done till 2021. And it's like, no, those people need to just shut up, okay? I'm just telling all those people to just shut up because we, we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what's gonna, what, the, what the world is going to look like in, in one month from now, two months from now. Uh, and we don't know what, what these sports leagues are doing behind the scenes. So my advice would just be, everyone, just be patient, let it play out, uh, and let's see, let's see what happens here. I, there's, there's tons of options they can do. Uh, they're not just going to you know, disclose all of them to us. Uh, so I think we just got to be patient here and just, and just try to be optimistic instead of just seeing, like, saying, nope, see you in 2021. Yeah. That yeah. doesn't help anybody. Yeah, it, I, I'm, and I'm completely with you, David, on that one. Um, and it should be noted, you, of all the people I've known in my life, were the most – you were taking this serious back in February. You thought this was a serious health crisis before when all of us thought it was just a cold. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you've been on this ahead of time. And I, I would agree – that it almost yeah it's it's insane what we're seeing online you you don't know and for whatever reason the boredom maybe it's just the sitting at home but everyone's turned into a medical expert that's either <laughs> saying you know that this you you've got one it seems like one side of people that are saying oh this is you know we just have to shut the entire world down for 18 months and then you've got another side saying this is a hoax and it's ridiculous it's like th- there's got to be middle ground in between i mean certainly explore the options, talk to the public health officials. But that's why at this point, you know, don't make takes on something if you're not an expert in that field. I'm not a medical expert, so I can't tell you really anything. I I mean, and none of us are. So the best thing you can do is just listen to the reports and, you know, hope for the best. I mean, certainly, I mean, we're we're seeing things with the antibody testing in California. Um, Who knows? Uh, The more information we get out, the more we'll be able to know, I think, how possible a season is. But Jesse was right on the money, man. I go to ASU, and that is not fun to be out there skating to class that's five minutes away. I certainly could imagine playing outdoors at three in the afternoon. That just does not sound like a fun time. Well, let's, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave this as my final point. The MLB makes billions of dollars, and they're going to do every single thing possible to try to get a season going. So let's just – Hope that they can get it done and hope that players are happy with it. Um, the TV revenue will be insane if they can pull it off. Uh, so they're going to do everything that they can possibly do. Absolutely. And honestly, I don't really see a reason to do the Cactus and Grapefruit League. I say just have American League and National League in one state if that's the option. And, you know, if, if that's the possibility, you could have nighttime games only. You know, I, the ratings certainly, you know, the pent up, you know, want for baseball is certainly going to kind of override the fact that, you know, the times aren't going to be ideal. They may not be prime time on the East Coast. They may be a little early for some West Coast teams. But I mean, if I was commissioner right now, I would be I would have already started building fields in some random state and building a Olympic village type of atmosphere and just told everyone that's where we're playing. We're going there. We have billions of dollars. We can do this. Uh, let's get this show on the road. Make it happen in Wyoming. Yeah. Well, All it's right. probably a little cold there, but. Yeah. Okay. Some, some random uh, state in the Midwest. Yeah. I um, think it's out of left field time. 
Absolutely. I agree. So out of left field, as you all know, um, I'd like to share one topic or story or anything. It could really be up to your own discretion of anything kind of random that's going on and with what is currently going on. There's a lot to talk about. So I'm going to let Jesse start us off, our guest. Um, what is your out of left field segment or anything, idea, proposal, anything you'd like? Um, all right. So uh, I guess my out of left field thing it is like, I kind of want to just continue on this, this like coronavirus. Like if, okay. if we can, if we can, there's opening up hair salons right now. I just saw in Georgia, they're allowing people to go get haircuts. So at this point, if, if we can't figure out a way to just, I don't need to be in the crowd. I don't need anybody else there. We just, we have to figure out a way to get baseball going and sports going because it's just, there's so many people that just depend on that for just their happiness. And it's kind of, and it's kind of like at this point, we have to do whatever it takes. I don't care how it goes. It doesn't matter to me. I don't care if I see a baseball game in person this year, as long as I can see baseball. So um, it just, we got to, we got to make moves and it's, it's crazy as it sounds to be like, well, people like depend on sports. People depend on sports, you know, whether you like it or not, you know, it's a child's game. You want to call it that. I don't care. Um, but it drives a percentage of my happiness and I just need some of that normalcy back in my life. So my out of left field is just like, let's make, let's make something happen, figure it out. I don't care, but I got to have baseball, man, this year. Definitely. All right, Jesse, this question is directly for you since you're kind of the man of the people. (laughs) I want to know some of your fan bases that you like to interact with and some that you don't like (laughs) to interact with non Dodgers, of course. Okay. Um, well, so <laughs> obviously the Astros, the last, you know, 12 months Astros fan base, like for the most part, there's a, there's a few that I enjoy, but boy, let, let me just say, they just, <laughs> they just take it to another level and they can't see like if I think if my team, if the Dodgers had done what the Astros had done, I think I'm smart enough and like, I can see past my fandom enough to understand that like, Hey, I should just like from the beginning, I've said, if I was an Astros fan, I would just say, listen, we cheated. I get it. Like there's nothing I can do about it other than say, I understand that we cheated. Um, But they are so outgoing and arrogant about like just rubbing it in our face. Well, we'll cry about it. You know, that it's to the point where I just, I can't even, I I just ignore their replies. It's insufferable. Yes. It's completely insufferable. Yeah. Um, Um, so I'd say the Astros fan base right now has taken the cake in terms of they are the top of the food chain um, <laughs> in terms of like the people that just annoy me. And I just can't even stand or talking to them right now on Twitter um, and a fan base that I enjoy, which is weirdly enough is I've been talking to a lot of Braves fans recently, which, you know, they obviously have a lot of disdain for us uh, as well as in our franchise because of, what we've done to them uh, and their organization, you know, over the last eight years, this run we've been on. So, but they take it in stride and they're really good people for the most part. And they're able to joke and not, it doesn't go zero to hundred, you know, where they're turning around and, and making comments about people's physical appearances or whatever, you know, they keep it light. They, you know, they're just 
the back and forth is just so much more entertaining. And like, by the end of it, I'm like, Oh, that was fun. You know, I like enjoyed breaking that, that person's, you know, balls or whatever about um, what we're talking about. So uh, if you guys don't know any Braves fans or you don't really interact, I have a couple that, you know, you'll see me interact with on the timeline. If you're on Twitter, I'd say they're good people and, and um, you know, they, they are lighthearted and they're able to kind of give and take and not go, you know, personal about it so good to know and they even lost to us in hair competitions <laughs> yeah big win yeah yeah man that shout that out Dustin May. never never seen anything like that all right so yeah I, I mean absolutely i think um one of the worst things you can do is to just completely limit your i mean i have friends like i hate the cardinals but my best friends in college some of them from the midwest they're cardinal fans i think best thing you could do is interact with other fans. I find it a little irritating when certain portions of Dodgers fans on social media are in complete refusal to ever uh, step outside their box of like their three Dodger fans that they like. Um, but I, I've always wondered like what, what, like the thing with the Astros, like how did, like, where did they come from? And it was weird. Cause it's like, it seemed like they were started antagonizing and calling Dodger fans soft. And then there was a certain faction of Dodger fans that wanted to act all tough and like, no, we're with you. Like I'm on your side, dude. Like I'm in, I'm like on the tough Astro fan side. It's like, it was just crazy how that all, all kind of came about like just Twitter wars and stuff, but it's led, it's, it's, you know, seemingly led to a lot of, I mean, shoot, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for that. I met a lot of cool people and been able to start a podcast and all that. So yeah, it's I'm nuts. not. I'm not gonna. I don't have one nice thing to say about Astros fans. Uh, yeah, no, but but I do have a nice thing to say about Nationals fans. I actually find Nationals fans to be very pleasant. Uh, you know, they're pretty normal people from what I've interacted with. Uh, you know, they troll a little bit, but it's 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 all in good fun. Uh, they beat us, but I'm not mad at them for that. And that's what you hope to have uh, with some kind of rivalry that doesn't exist like the Dodgers and Astros was never any kind of a rivalry in human history. Uh, but now it's just like, I will hate them forever. <laughs> yeah. Me too. So, and it's in, in, in part because of some of their fans. Uh, so yeah, it's, it, it is what it is. I I've moved on. Um, a fan base that I'm starting to notice is kind of getting on my nerves and it might be like a new wave of this generation, but Cleveland fans. <laughs> really? Try the Browns, but... No matter when you get into a discussion with them about trades or certain players, they always want more. Like yeah. the Lindor nonsense. Oh, they thought yeah. May and Lux wasn't enough. <laughs> and then don't even get me started with LeBron James. They're going to argue he's the GOAT to their deathbed when we all, well, in my opinion at least, it's no doubt Michael Jordan. Amen. And then I just had a weird interaction the other day. I, I bashed their president, Paul D. Podesto, because if you don't remember, <laughs> he used to be the Dodgers GM and he ran that team into the ground. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I, I threw some shade at him. And then all these Cleveland Browns fans were defending him. And last I checked, the Browns haven't <laughs> been in the playoffs in 17 years. And yet, no matter what it seems they do, they're always optimistic. Cleveland's going in the right direction. So just wanted to throw that out there. I, I agree with that. My best friend is a Browns fan, Cleveland guy, uh, and that is one of the most passionate fan bases in all of sports. Uh, whoever they draft, they could draft your grandma, and they would be excited about it. Uh, so I give them credit. Uh, I, I, you know, obviously they can be a little combative and just like 
come off as a little arrogant. Uh, but, you know, they haven't won anything in ever. So I, I can't hate Cleveland fans, really. Uh, that trade, those trade proposals were ridiculous, but nothing comes close to the, the Pirates, the Pirates br- Brigade of uh, <laughs> demands for Felipe uh, Vasquez. Oh, yeah. Uh, that was just unheard of. Dodged a bullet uh, they, wa- there. they wanted oh, man. our entire AAA roster with five more prospects for a relief pitcher who ended yeah. up being a pedophile. So. <laughs> Disgusting. Yeah. Disgusting. I, I can't even that, – that was just so sickening when I heard that. I'd never even heard a story like that in baseball. But, yeah, I'm really glad we didn't end up getting him. I don't uh, care if it's Mariano Rivera on the market in his peak. Never go all in for a reliever. It's yeah. usually not going to pan yeah. out. Yep. Yeah. No, and then they won't even come back. He, that's what I love about Friedman. He's been able to find these gems. Um, coping with the loss of Yimmy Garcia has been a tough one for me, but I'll get over it. Um, <laughs> they, that team is seemingly just finds pieces in the bullpen every year. Um, I mean, they turned Pedro Baez from villain to cult hero within a matter of months, which just was amazing to me. Um, but yeah. Um, and anybody who's – Anybody from Dodgers Twitter who's listening and you guys are stuck on that, like, hey, I won't get outside my own fan base, you're really doing a disservice for yourself. Like, I, obviously, I, you know, most of my, my followers or whatever are Dodgers fans, and that's who I interact with the most. But it's really cool to – and I'm actively always trying to find, like, you know, sometimes I'll go to just the MLB when they tweet out stuff on the MLB um, at, and I'll just scroll the replies and look for people that I feel like have are making sense in their replies or being funny. And, you know, I'll try to like start up a conversation or just get, cause I'd love to follow more people from other fan bases. It's like, it, it just spices things up. You see a little bit more, like I see the same retweets over and over again from the same Dodgers fans, which I'm good with because I obviously love the team. But if you guys aren't like find some other fans to talk to, even if it's, you're talking a little bit of trash, I suggest you do it. Yeah, joshing around with fans is fun. Uh, a lot of kids from like Milwaukee, like the Green Bay Packer Bucks. They're always they're always they're so nice. It's like I love finding those like fan bases in the north, like Minnesota and like Milwaukee. because like like you'll like roast around with them, but then like they won't hurt your feelings at the same time because like they're just like I guess nice up there or something. I don't know what it is exactly, but um, they just have a certain quality up there uh jesse real quick i just i noticed when you uh when we first did the video at the beginning i saw a barry sanders yep some sort of barry sanders picture so what are your teams i mean i know we're we're just all la guys so dodgers rams lakers all the you know real la teams so how how did that fan fandom kind of start with just so um so i i actually spent part of my life in pennsylvania but so i became a dodgers fan because of my older brother he's like eight years older than me and he was established as his fandoms um which is crazy because he's all la um but i only really became a dodgers fan um based off of his fandom and that was just i mean he grew up in that in that sweet spot era in the 80s when you know when the infield was you know playing great baseball so that obviously made him a fan but um Barry Sanders is the reason why I'm I'm a Lions fan just like kind of watching him uh you know I I got into my teenage years like when he was you know he was drafting like 89 so by the time he was like I was like probably you know I'm a little bit older than most of you guys so but just watching him um and just you know his greatness is just I was like well I'm at that point where I need to kind of pick a a team and I hated the Eagles. I hate all all Philly teams. I just hate I hate the Eagles. I hate the Phillies. 
um, is just something about, I just can't get past it. I, I can't hate the Sixers cause I was always like an Iverson guy, but, um, so just Barry Sanders and I just rode that train. And that's the one thing about me, man. I, I mean, 88, I wasn't old enough to even enjoy. So I have, that's, I have no championships. Like you guys obviously have the Lakers um, and then the Rams. I have zero championships to claim that I can say like I actually enjoyed, you know, like 88, whatever. I don't even remember it. Um, but, hmm. and here I am suffering year in, year out. I, I root for the Kings, Sacramento Kings, the Lions in, in the NFL and the Dodgers. So it's been a long road. And um, I mean, <laughs> it's kind of shaped me a little bit as a, as a fan, you know, because I'm like, I I have like, I'm always the guy who's like this year, this year, but I'm also in the back of my brain, like, bro, you're lying to yourself. You've been saying that for the last 10. Um, so it's, it's, it's been a long, tough road, but I mean, one of these days it'll all be worth it. I hope. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, we're all, we're all going to cry. David, you're out of left field. I'm kind of, curious to see what you've drummed up this week all right well this is just super random but i guess that's the point uh but obviously with this shelter and play stuff uh, i've been watching more tv uh and i'm a history guy uh so lately i've been trying to tune into the history channel you know try to watch some informative documentaries uh and that's not what i've been getting whatsoever um the history channel should absolutely not be called the history channel at this point in time I mean, they got shows, Curse of Oak Island, <laughs> Pawn Stars, Forged in Fire, Ice Road Truckers, Ancient Aliens, which, side note, is actually pretty solid. But, and that, this is not knocking those shows, but I go to the History Channel to see, like, some documentary on, like, George Washington. Not to see some dude selling his Xbox for $4 or someone forging an iron sword. Like, it, the, it, they need to change the name or they need to get back on script so there. What you're uh, saying is they're going the MTV route. Yeah, MTV, Nat Geo, D- Discover. I don't know what you want to call Travel. it, but yeah. it's certainly not the History Channel anymore. Uh, and I've just been in awe of what I've, what I've been seeing on there. And again, those topics are not, not interesting, but they certainly don't fall in the category of the History Channel. Uh, and I, for one, would like to watch a nice history documentary in peace uh, and not watch some dude trying to run his pawn shop Um, and it feels like that's all happened like in the past like four three or four years because like previously you turn it on you could see like a war documentary or something like that but now it's like you're right i just watched shamelessly i watched literally the two seasons of the show called alone where they drop 10 people off in the middle of nowhere and you have to like survive for the longest and i'm like after i'm done i'm like i can't believe i just watched like 15 (laughs) episodes of dudes in the woods trying to start a fire but here we are it's just okay. they've, they've lost their identity. I mean, what are they doing out there? What product are they putting on the field right now? Who are you trying to please? The people who go to the History Channel in the first place want to watch actual history. Like, move those shows to another channel or, or just change your name because what's going on there is not working out for me. Yep. Okay. I'm obligated, I'm obligated to state one hot take per episode. So okay. this is today's been having some free time to watch some older films just tuned into the breakfast club not too long ago i gotta say it might be one of the most overrated movies i've ever seen that's all yeah i'm not gonna really give you firing that takeoff and just letting us talk about it (laughs) yeah i I, i'm not gonna like argue with it too much it was kind of a movie that all like 
freshman. Well, in my high you school, you were like, like negative four when that came out. <laughs> no, dude, I was like negative like eighteen. Like it was. It's a very basic like story, you know. You have the jock, the bad guy, boy, the oh, that princess. came out in nineteen eighty five. Damn, yeah. I was I was negative digits there too. Shit. <laughs> yeah. All right. It's it's one of those cult films, I think, that just kind of gets a lot of love because of you know. All right, Ian, I'll let you close it out. Give us the final thing you want to dish out. Yeah, um, this one's really just kind of an insignificant take that nobody cares about, but. Um, I, my advice to dudes, um, is avoid asymmetrical haircuts. Like, (laughs) trust me, the fade looks awesome. I've been doing it for years. Um, and it looks great. And that's because I keep it maintained for, you know, going to haircuts at least once a month. Um, this quarantine just showed me that this is just not the move whatsoever. It was cool when I was like shaved on the sides and it was like tapering up, but just avoid the asymmetrical haircuts. It's not worth it. The next time some like weird like super like apocalypse strikes and you're stuck at home for three months, you're gonna look like an idiot when like the top of your head looks like Yuli Guriel's like pineapple and sides are like just all out of whack and nothing's great. It just it's not worth it. Um, if you're struggling with this, dudes, um, just get a symmetrical haircut as soon as we're let back out. And yeah it is just not the move I, my, seriously my head looks like the rams logo now like the new like la thing it's like it's just not flowing right it's wrong yeah mine's pretty rough right now too there's gonna be a run on barbershops when this stuff all opens up seriously i i think barbershops like i'm not sure if fantastic sams and like supercuts and great clips like those should be publicly traded stocks and you should like buy them right now like do it like these places are going to go nuts because every other state that's not Georgia is keeping them shut down for a long time right now. Uh, so the minute that this all opens back up, those places you're going to see lines like it's a Mastro's or a Fleming's. It's not a Fleming's. Not yeah, a Fleming's. I have a bad ex- bad relationship with Fleming's after our restaurant bracket yeah, was, fiasco. That was a whole, that was a whole thing. I all feel right. bad for barbers too, man. That's a, that's a lot of work. Fingers are going to be tired after this layoff. Yeah, it is. And they're not, they don't get to stay loose. Like they're coming out rusty. Like we're like yep. at least baseball players, like most of them are wealthy enough that they have like nets and stuff in their backyard. These dudes, <laughs> I don't know they're practicing. I don't know they're staying loose. It's crazy. <laughs> All right. Um, Jesse, thank you for coming on, man. Um, yeah. Thanks Jesse. The show. Um, Pleasure, always great to have Dodgers fans. So just let the people know uh, where they can find you and follow you. If for they sure. aren't already. Yeah. Um, well, thanks for having me, guys. I, I really appreciate it. It's always nice to be like, hey, come on my podcast because like, who the heck, who the heck am I? But um, if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's uh, at more Dodger Blues. Um, and then, I mean, I'd love for any fans of this podcast to tune into my podcast. You can find that on uh, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast at. Uh, uh, it's called Let Me Just Say. So I uh, appreciate it, fellas. Absolutely. Yeah. You heard, you heard the man, him and Joe, funny, funny duo. Check him out. Once um, baseball actually returns, we'd love to have you on. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do a collab. All right, Dodgers fans. It's been great talking to you. Um, any closing words from David or Kevin too, or. No, we, we, I'm, I'm good here. Um, you know, hopefully baseball gets back. I hope they do literally everything possible and I think they will. Uh, and for the time being, let's just all try to be optimistic and not declare the MLB season dead just yet. Please don't. Yeah. All right, everyone. Stay safe out there. We are out.
everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.